I must greet you all in the fantastic name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I must greet those as well who are watching from home this morning, from all over. It's an honor to be in the house of the Lord. <laughs> it's an honor to be in the house of the Lord, particularly as situations are changing and times are changing. And as you've heard, there may be changes this week as there is another form of national lockdown. So we may not be able to meet like this for a while. We'll have that situation clarified through the week. So it's especially a blessing to be with those that are here right now. I remember when the lockdown occurred and I recalled those who were in service just before the lockdown occurred. And I'm sure that many people felt, I wish I was there before the lockdown occurred because we didn't know what was gonna happen. And it kind of reminds me to do whatever you can when you have the opportunity to do it because you don't know what's going to happen. But we thank God for this opportunity to be here today. I've been blessed by the songs. Thank you, Pastor Colin, and for all of those. It's good to see all of those that are here today. My soul has been blessed, and I have been assured of the presence of the Lord with us today. So the thought that's been on my mind and my heart is a theme that's been, I've been hearing little bits of it throughout the last few weeks or so, and quite simply, it's to do with hope. And when I heard what was said on the news yesterday, I thought, I understand God. Because if there was ever a time that people need hope and something to hope for and to hope in, it's now. And so my scripture comes from Psalms 42. I've been reading Psalms 46 a lot, but it's Psalms 42 today that I'm going to be turning to concerning hope. And there's a particular phrase in there that I love, which is hope thou in God. And that kind of mean a lot to me now when a lot of things that we've been hoping in seem to be a little bit unstable, but I like what the psalmist says. The definition for hope, or one definition for hope, it is an optimistic state of mind that is based on an expectation of a positive outcome with respect to events and circumstances in one's life or the world at large. So we, we were hoping that uh, COVID would be finished by now and that we would be back to quote unquote normal. However, if your hope was in that, you would have been very disappointed by the news you heard yesterday. It is also an expectation with confidence. It's a cherished desire with anticipation. So I am anticipating that what I'm hoping for is going to happen. This is what the psalmist says. Now, when I looked at this psalm at the beginning, it doesn't really sound like hope. In fact, it sounds like the opposite. Listen to what the psalmist says. It's written to the chief musician for or by the sons of Korah who were worshippers. They were said to be um, those who led in worship and also those who were musicians. Verse 1 says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, where 
is thy God. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God. With the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. And we've all been there now where people are saying, well, I was able to go to church, particularly our seniors. We could all go into the house and I went with everybody. But where is that now as we look at this time? Why art thou cast down, he says, on my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh, my soul, why are you cast down within me? Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Herbanites, from the hill Mizar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of thy water spout. All thy ways and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto the God of my life, I will say unto God my rock, Brother Lighty said thee this morning, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? In this time of corona when people look and say, uh-huh, you church people, where is your God now? Why art thou, he says at the end, cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieted? Why are you uncomfortable within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Wow. That's quite a mixed psalm. And we're talking about hope, but at the beginning, it really doesn't sound like that. The psalmist looks back to the past and he starts to lament about a kind of a dryness. And I know that I'm going to be speaking to individuals who may be there now, who have been there, or feel as if it's something that's happening to them now. He talks about the fact that he has really been low and he's really been sad. And he says, my tears have been my meat day and night. He goes to bed in tears. He wakes up in tears. And when he can't help himself, he's crying. And I know that some people have been there. Can't stop crying or mourning about what is happening now. And he said, what is going on, God? I'm not feeling this. So we're talking about physical dryness as in terms of being depressed or sad, but we're also talking about spiritual dryness. Where is God in the midst of this situation? How can I not feel him or see him around me? He's been really, really honest. He talks about the fact that he used to go to the temple. Now the temple for them in those days was a major focal point. Because the temple, they believe, was the place where the presence of God was. And if I can't go to church, if I can't go to the temple where the presence of God is, then what have I got? And I think this lockdown has challenged us as to where the presence of God really is. Is he in the house? Is he at Farm Street? Is he over at George Street? Is he at Cannon Street? Because I can't go there anymore. And if the presence of God is only in the building, then I am in trouble. 
because things are changing and they're changing fast. And the psalmist asked the question, man, I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling dispossessed. The people I used, I used to lead in worship. I used to walk in the procession. I would sit next to Sister Green. I would shake hands with Brother John. Where are they now? And he's asking these questions. All of the familiar has gone. And he's living in a world of unfamiliar. And it is normal when things change to feel low and depressed and isolating. I wonder, God, what is happening? We don't know the person who wrote this. It is believed that it's possibly not David. And they're saying, when was this written? They're saying that maybe it was written at the time. The person may have been with David. It may have been him when he fled from his son Absalom. Absalom who led a coup against him in Jerusalem and tried to kill him, his own son. So he was on the run. They're saying maybe it was a time when the kingdom was divided. Because you know that the kingdom was divided into north and south. And they didn't know where to go. They couldn't get to Jerusalem. Was it at a time when King uh, Jehoash raided and separated the people? Or, even more telling, were they still in Jerusalem? But still feeling isolated. And still feeling that nobody cared. Because you know that even when you're in church... Even when you're with people you love and know, you can still feel isolated. You can still feel alone. You can still feel like nobody cares. So it doesn't really matter what the situation is. But I want to tell you today that the person who wrote this song was not the only one who's been in this place. Because you remember that Moses in Numbers 11, he actually asked God to kill him. Jonah, you know, in his running away moods in Jonah 4, he actually said, take away my life. In fact, he tried for that to happen. And you will certainly remember Allah, Elijah in 1 Kings 19 and 4. We know that Elijah lay under the juniper tree and he said, just take my life. It's more than enough now. And I know that in this season, without asking questions or looking far, I know that people have come to the point where they have said, I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to be in this situation anymore. I don't like this setting. And they feel like the only answer is to take their lives. You have not been the only one who's been in that position. The Bible shows us many individuals who reach that. Even the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 1 and 18 said that he despaired even of his own life. John the Baptist, you remember, came so low. He asked the question, Matthew 11 and 2 and 3. He said, is it really Jesus? Or do I look for somebody else? Because you can't get to the place where you doubt your sanity. You doubt your belief. You doubt if God really is God. You doubt if you really are saved. You doubt if you really have this experience. Come on now. Hallelujah. Because Satan will use all kinds of tactics to move you from your point. And that's the reality. And those who are watching... Online, you know that these situations have occurred and for some may still be happening now. Listen, my brethren, even Charles Spurgeon, and I love to read about Charles Spurgeon. He got into bouts of depression where he felt he was going to pass away. Even Winston Churchill, and I like to talk about Winston Churchill. We're in the month of remembrance. Winston Churchill and all that he did, it was said that he suffered really badly 
from these bouts. So what are you going to say? When you suffer from these things, that God doesn't care, that God doesn't love us, I want us to listen today. David in 2 Samuel 18, 19 and 33, he cried when his son died, Absalom, oh Absalom, my son, would that I had died in your place. And that's the place that he got to. My brethren, it's not new. How do we know then that we suffered? Are we suffering from spiritual dryness or any of these things? <laughs> and I'm laughing because I know there have been times when I felt like this. You don't even want to get up out of bed. You could, and no matter how much sleep you have, it's still not enough. <laughs> can't get out of bed and when you get up you're still so tired you, you might as well get back into bed have you been there have you been to the place where you're continually crying and you don't know why and you wonder come on my brethren if there is a place for honesty and openness where God can deal with things it's in his house. It's where he is. Do you know what? For the psalmist to admit that he's not keeping it together, that everything's not cool, is not failure. It's strength. To admit where you are in front of God is being in a position where God can help you. Remember, this is written for worship and praise. And an important part of worship is honesty and vulnerability before God so that he can deal with us right where we are. Do we keep looking back to better times? I remember in January when we could all come and we could all sit together and, and, and the, the people's hands you didn't want to shake then you wish you could shake it now. And all of those things you thought... I don't want to do. You wish you could do it now. Feelings of being overwhelmed. I can't manage this. This is too much for me. Listen to what this psalmist says. It says, all thy waves and billows are gone over me. Because it's too much. He talks about coming from Jordan. And there's something about Jordan. Jordan is often called the river of death. I didn't even realize that. And it actually means descent. It means going down. It means going down to judgment. We often sing the song sometimes, don't we? I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Jesus died all my sins to atone. And there's something special about not having to cross that death river on your own because Jesus is with you. It is said that this writer talks about being in Mount Hermon, and Jordan starts in Hermon. It's about 9,000 feet above sea level, and it travels all the way down to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is 1,300 feet below sea level. Jordan descends into a dead place, flat, stagnant, nothing's coming out of that. But even though he's talking about Jordan, he starts to do something that we need to do. He starts saying to himself, why 
or you cast down my soul. What we need to do is start to speak to ourselves. Question yourself. Doreen, why are you feeling like this? Why are you uncomfortable? And the first thing he says is, why art thou cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? What is going on? Why am I feeling this way? What's causing me to be swaying? Because we can try and ignore it, we can try and push it back and leave it, and it just keeps coming back again. What we need to do is stop, face it by the grace of God, and investigate it. Because sometimes, you see, the devil plants lies in our minds. And if we don't stop and investigate it, we will believe those lies and live on those lies. For example, I can be walking around, Brother Wayne doesn't like me. And because Brother Wayne doesn't like me, I feel really bad. And I'm walking around with that bad feelings. Why? Why doesn't Brother Wayne like me? What, what have I done for Brother Wayne not to like me? Nothing. Unless Sister Danette said something. But well, I never did anything. Okay. If you never did anything and you can't trace back as to the reason why you're feeling that way, it's a lie. And you cannot live your life based on a lie. And so you're bringing the scriptures to deal with the lie. And the lie is that you've done nothing where that's concerned. If you did, then you go and you put it right. Take every thought and imagination that you have captive. Bring it under the light and examine it. And find out why it's working in your life like that. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? What is the, it, notice he said, why art thou cast down my soul? So when we talk about soul, what are we talking about? Feelings, emotions, thought processes, my decision making and my will. Question your feelings. Why are you feeling this way? Why are you cast down? Why is your mind working this way? Have you got any facts to prove your assumptions? What are the facts? Well, I feel what I feel and I know what I feel. Sometimes feelings lie. Sometimes it's lie. Well, I know that the spirit, which spirit? I hear you, Brother Keith. Which spirit is talking to you? Because if it says anything to you that is contrary to the word of God, it's not true. It's not true. And we need to hold it up and check what is being said to us. Check your soul, the messages that's sending yourself. Then he says, secondly, hope thou in God. Begin to look up. Begin to look to the rock that is higher than you. You and I cannot solve our situations than ourselves. We cannot. So what he says is he begins to look up. And the psalmist says, I will look to the hills. From whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. Who made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. The people around me can only do so much. But God is my help and my strength. He is the one I'm going to look to. The arms of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. But the writer said, on Christ, the solid. Hallelujah. 
rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. My brethren, I've come across some sinking sand in these last few months. The things that we thought were set have moved. The things we thought would never move have moved. The things we thought would never change have changed. Hallelujah. But God does not change. And because of that, he says, you sons of God are not consumed. Because God does not change. Deep calls unto deep. And he looks at it. And he says, God will commend his loving kindness to me in the daytime. And then the night, his song shall fill me. And I don't know about you, but there's been some songs coming to my soul at night. Songs coming to me in the day. Songs I don't always remember, but the songs bubble up inside of me. Because it comes from a source that is greater than I. Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. And this source, the Holy Spirit, is not dependent upon anything else that's around. But it's a living river flowing up, bubbling up unto everlasting life. Hallelujah. So look up. Check yourself first. Secondly, look up. And then finally, look to the future. Look forward. And he says, why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Then he says a phrase we say frequently. For I will yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. There will come a time when I will praise him and I will honor him because he is the health of my. He's what makes me look good. He is my vitamins. He is my minerals. He is my tonic. He is my liquid of life. Hallelujah. And he will lift me up when everything else fails. We will never, ever fail because God is with us. I like that song. Encourage my soul and let us journey on. For the night is what? Dark. And I'm still far from home. But praise be to God, the morning light appears. The storm is passing over. The storm is passing over. Yay! The storm is passing over. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hope in God. I love what God says. Jeremiah 29, 11. We love this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. It is God's will to bring you out. It's God's will that you overcome. It's God's will that you stand firm, stand strong. I love the word Isaiah to give him a crown of beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for the spirit of heaviness. Praise God. So what happens when you're feeling heavy? Begin to praise God. Remember where he brought you from. Remember where you could have been. Remember that God remains the same irrespective of the situation. Lord, if you brought me out of that, 
you can bring me out of this. The writer says, look where God has brought us. Look where God has brought us. He has brought us from a mighty long way. And finally, I love it. I first heard about it and I was really touched by it. When that, uh, I've forgotten the name of the preacher, and he talks about the fact Sunday's coming. During the time of Easter, Friday looked really bleak when they had persecuted the Savior. And when he was on the cross, things looked as if it had finished. But he kept saying to them, Sunday's coming. It doesn't matter if on Friday things look as if it will never come through. Sunday is coming. And what happens on Sunday? Up from the grave, he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He's coming. Wait. Though it tarry. And though it looks strange, wait, hope in the Lord, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Hallelujah. I love what Habakkuk says. Habakkuk says, though the fig tree does not bud and no fruit is on the vines, though the, the, the what? The olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though the sheep are cut off from the fold and no cattle are in the stores, yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. That was bleak. That was bad. But even though it looks that way, hope thou in God. Hallelujah. Not in man, not in situations, but in God who will never fail, who will never change and is always by your side. God bless you. God bless you.